Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to episode number 219 of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm your host, Chris Tripodi, and with me, as always, is Tony Pauline, and we're back again to break down the final six games on the College Bowl schedule outside of the FCS playoffs and the College Football Playoff National Championship. And as is often the case, the back end of the bowl schedule features a lot of good games. Well, games that we hope are good, but I mean, (laughs) that uh, all these players, and we'll talk about Ohio State, are just opting out of these games to prepare for the NFL draft. It's kind of crazy. I will say this, you know, people complain about what's wrong. I think the Sun Bowl, and we weren't able to cover it. Chris and I, if you listen to our podcast, we were going to talk about the Sun Bowl. Miami pulled out at the last minute, so we didn't do that game. And then you saw uh, the Arizona Bowl. Uh, the Central Michigan uh, opponent pulled out of that game. So what do they do? They combine the two. Uh, they, they move Central Michigan over to the Sun Bowl, and now we got ourselves a decent game in the Sun Bowl with uh, Central Michigan and Washington State, which is has always been one of my favorite ball games. It's very scenic uh, in the in the sort of hills there of El Paso. Uh, it, it's a good scene, and I, I think it. While you would have rather seen all four teams play and both games being played. Under the circumstances, I think uh, the Sun Bowl needs to be applauded. As I said in the tweet after our, our podcast, you know, sometimes the simplest things are the best moves, and that was very simple. So hopefully, uh, you know, that was good to see. Yeah, that news probably hit like about an hour, an hour and a half after we finished recording the, the podcast for that kind of date range there. But you know, not only a, a good game and a, and a fun game to watch, good location, but a much larger payout than the Arizona Bowl. I think it was about 12 times as much. Uh, maybe even a little more. So you know, certainly a no-brainer type of decision there for uh, for, for teams to move over and, and play in that game. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, and it's good. I mean, it's, you know, Central Michigan, you, you know, you saw what happened in the Holiday Bowl where UCLA pulled out at the last minute and that irked a lot of people. I mean, you know, all of a sudden, uh, two hours before uh, game time, you've got all these positive COVID tests uh, and North Carolina State is sitting there getting ready to play and, you know, told sorry we're not playing the game. So um, I, I, I'm glad it worked out. Well, I should say I hope it worked out because Chris and I are, uh, we should say we, we are taping this podcast a day and a half before the Sun Bowl is being played. Uh, but I, still, I think all good intentions here. We will get to this week's show in just a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. We're back in better than ever with a new web interface for the rest of the NBA and football seasons and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus 
on your first deposit. Just use our promo code, BELIEVE50, to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V-50. Every game in the new year has a spread of four points or fewer, with Ohio State actually being the largest favorite at four points over Utah in the Rose Bowl, despite the rash of recent opt-outs Tony mentioned. Not only the rash of opt-outs, but uh, Utah has been playing as one of the like one of the best teams in the nation the second half of the season, and they've just been rolling over opponents. So if I was a betting man, and I'm not, I like Utah in the four points. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and your home to bet on the rest of these bowl games. Bet online where the game starts. Now the New Year's Day football kicks off with the Outback Bowl at noon, Arkansas against Penn State, and continuing the usual bowl theme and the one that we alluded to at the beginning of the show, especially when you have big-time schools playing in non-playoff scenarios, the players who won't play more plentiful than the ones who will for Penn State. It's Rashid Walker, the left tackle, not playing due to injury, and then wide receiver Jahan Dotson, defensive tackle Derek Tangelo, linebackers Brandon Smith and Ellis Brooks, and safety Jaquan Brisker all opted out of the game. That does leave cornerback Tariq Castro-Fields as the highest-rated Nittany Lion remaining on a half-backup-filled defense. But despite good size and speed, Castro-Fields just three career interceptions, none over the past two seasons, albeit 2020 was just three games. Only broken up seven passes in that span, too. This game really could have been a big opportunity for Castro-Fields if Arkansas receiver Traylon Burks played. But Burks, like all those Penn State players, opted out after he declared for the draft after his big junior season should be a high pick, leaving defensive tackle John Ridgway and left tackle Myron Cunningham, in addition to cornerback Monteric Brown as the top Razorbacks prospects playing in this game. When we watched Ridgway back in November, the thing that stands out besides his height and length is his motor. He's just constantly going. Good athlete, too. Should see a decent amount of Penn State center Mike Miranda Brown in the secondary, had a big season, five interceptions, solid size to a potential late rounder, as is Myron Cunningham, similar size to Ridgeway, just on the other side of the football, moves pretty well as well in his own right. Tony, what do you think of this matchup, which, you know, obviously is a bit watered down due to all the players not participating? Well, I, I expect Ridgeway to stand out. I mean, he was the guy who was a redshirt freshman when he played at Illinois State, caught my eye, transfers to Arkansas, steps up uh, to a higher level of competition, and he stepped up his game. You mentioned the size. We talked about his intensity. He's also very athletic. I mean, he's a big man with power. Someone who was graded as a potential sixth-round pick coming into the season, John Ridgeway could end up going day two. I mean, a big game here, a big week of senior bowl practice. Watch out for Ridgeway. As far as Cunningham is concerned, you know, Jesse Lucchetta uh, is an undersized but fierce pass rusher off the edge for Penn State. He's had some good production when he's on the field. He lines up at Mike linebacker. He puts his hands in the ground. Uh, and he's a guy who has got John Ridgeway-like intensity, even though he doesn't have the size. And I think that's going to be a big challenge or a big battle uh, between those two. And, and Cunningham's really got to step up. Now moving on to the Fiesta Bowl at 1 p.m. between Notre Dame and Oklahoma State. Just two opt-outs so far, at least the time of this recording, a couple days before the new year. Both of those for the Irish, star safety Kyle Hamilton, a likely first-round pick, and running back Kyron Williams. Still plenty of talent left for Notre Dame. Center Jarrett Patterson projects as a high pick on offense, but on the defensive side of the ball, you're going to want to watch the edges. 
Isaiah Foskey had a breakout 2021 season, 47 tackles, 11 and a half for loss, 10 sacks, and he forced five fumbles as well. So just making plays all over the field, plays the Viper role for Notre Dame. And on the other side, there's also Myron Tagavelo Amosa, not quite the same level of production as Foskey, but definitely has some late round potential himself. Oklahoma State has its share of defensive prospects as well. Linebacker Malcolm Rodriguez, a smaller linebacker who we've discussed a lot here, just flies around the field, always around the football. The problem with him, he's just small and doesn't necessarily have blazing speed. Then you have safety Colby Harvell Peel on the back end of that defense and wide receiver Tay Martin, probably the top prospect on offense for Oklahoma State, although he's really more of a late round possession type of receiver. So even without Hamilton and Williams in this game, there's still some solid potential NFLers. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's funny because Oklahoma State for all those years played that wide open system. Now they decide to play some defense and, and guess what? <laughs> They're in a New Year's Day bowl game. You know, I, I think the question here is about the quarterbacks and how they play. You know, Jack Cohn going up against Harvey, Harvell Peel, the safety you mentioned, Bernard Converse, a cornerback who's a priority free agent. You mentioned Malcolm Rodriguez, who plays very well in space. They got another good linebacker in Devin Harper. You know, can Jack Cohn protect the ball? And it's the same thing for Spencer Sanders, the quarterback from uh, Oklahoma State, who, after his redshirt freshman season, really looked like a star in the making. But his game has gone way downhill. He's very erratic, very inconsistent, a guy who doesn't protect the football well. If you're looking for sort of an underrated matchup, you look at guard Josh Sales for Oklahoma State, who is a tough, small area guard, going up against Kurt Hinnish, the nose tackle from Notre Dame, a guy who's quick off the snap. He's very explosive. Not the strongest guy in the world, but the kind of guy who has the first-step advantage over Sills and has an agility advantage over Sills. Both of these guys are free agent types, but it'll still be a fun matchup to watch. Only one notable opt-out so far in the Citrus Bowl between Iowa and Kentucky, also at 1 p.m. on New Year's Day. That's Hawkeyes running back Tyler Goodson. But their other Tyler, center Tyler Linderbaum, will play in this game. And he's likely going to see a lot of massive Kentucky nose tackle, Marquand McCall. Limited stats, but that's not McCall's job. His job is to clog up lanes in the middle of the field. He does it pretty well. It's going to be a great challenge for Linderbaum in this one. Because as Tony mentioned on our last show, Linderbaum was handled by Christopher Hinton when Iowa played Michigan in the Big Ten title game. So can Linderbaum handle? the size and strength of McCall, or is he going to need help? Because if he needs help, I mean, centers that go top 10 in the NFL draft should not need help in many matchups. And while McCall is big, you know, he's not a Derek Brown level defensive tackle prospect. So if you need help against a late round nose tackle, that's a problem should be a kind of prove it opportunity here for Linderbaum to show that he can handle that level of strength. McCall's teammate on the defensive line, defensive end, Josh Pascal, Good size, solid athlete, 15 and a half tackles for loss and five and a half sacks this season. That's similar production to his past two seasons combined. He really stepped it up this year, which is good because kind of an athletic guy who hadn't quite put the production on the field yet in his career, at least until this year. The other hot spot to watch in this game, the Kentucky offensive line. Three intriguing players, tackles Dare Rosenthal and Darian Kennard, along with center Luke Fortner. Of the three games that we've discussed so far, this one probably has the best matchups and the most draft intrigue. Yeah, one one matchup you got to watch is the 
Kentucky linebackers, Jordan Wright, Jacquez Jones, and DeAndre Square against Sam Laporta, the tight end from Iowa, who really doesn't get a lot of mention, although he's got, had some good stats this year. I liked him coming into the season. Uh, and we know Iowa has produced tight end after tight end for the next level. I like Laporta as a day two pick if he enters the draft. I've not heard that he's going to enter the draft. One player who I'm told is going to enter the draft is Wendell Robinson, the speedy receiver from Kentucky. He's a downfield threat. He's also a terrific punt returner. He's going to be going up against some talent in that Iowa secondary. Riley Moss, the senior corner who is a day three pick. Jack Corner, the redshirt uh, senior safety, who's a priority free agent. And Dane Belton, the uh, sort of hybrid linebacker, strong safety type, who's a, a hard-hitting guy who I know at one point in time was giving serious consideration to entering the draft. He may have come off that a bit. A several hours later Saturday, Rose Bowl matchup between Utah and Ohio State. As we mentioned earlier in the show, this one's also a bit watered down, at least on the Ohio State side. No Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave at wide receiver. No Nicholas Petit-Friere on the offensive line. And no defensive tackle Haskell Garrett. But obviously, this is Ohio State. There is still plenty of talent on the field for the Buckeyes. Tight end Jeremy Ruckert going to have to take on a bigger receiving role with two of C.J. Stroud's top three targets unavailable for this game. Left tackle Thayer Mudford has an interesting matchup against Utah defensive end Micah Tafua, who built off his step forward from the shortened 2020 season to have 13 tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks this year. Probably a stand-up guy at the NFL level due to size. So his matchup with a bigger tackle in Munford will certainly be a test. Defensively for Ohio State, the defensive line still strong without Garrett. Zach Harrison and Tyreek Smith bring the pressure off the edge. And Jaron Cage is going to hold it down inside. I mentioned Tafua for Utah, but the big name on the UTD, linebacker Devin Lloyd, third straight year with just outstanding playing production, second in FBS with 22 tackles for loss, had eight sacks in addition to 106 tackles. Oh, not to mention four interceptions and six pass breakups in coverage. Really can do it all. Those stats definitely show themselves on the field as well. Center Nick Ford, talented lineman, who's also played left tackle, moves well on his feet, could be a late-round pick. Good test for him against this defensive line, as it could be a good test also for wide receiver Britton Covey and a pair of tight ends, Cole Fotheringham and Brant Cuthy, both just juniors, at least the tight ends. Cuthy actually led Utah in receiving this year, over 500 yards and six touchdowns. Fotheringham used a bit more as a blocker, less prominent in the passing game. While Covey, definitely not just a junior. He's small. He's also overage. He's like 24, 25 years old, maybe. I uh, had a two-year Latter-day Saints mission, but he is a dynamic return man. In addition to a decent slot man, should at least get him some camp looks at the next level. You know, Fotheringham and Kuthi are listed as juniors, but that's also including their extra year of eligibility. So they're, they really are fourth-year seniors who have the ability to come back in 2022 on the college level if they want to. I have both of those guys graded as six-round picks. they got different types of styles. Kuthi is more your H-back, full-back, move tight end type, where Fotheringham is a bigger but slower guy. Both are real good pass catchers. I think with the fact that uh, Ohio State had some shoddy play at the linebacker this year, uh, that's a matchup that Utah can exploit. Uh, to me, it's mind-boggling that Haskell Garrett, who did not meet expectations this year, uh, was really up and down. It sits out this game while Devin Lloyd, who 
right now, I believe projects as a first round selection. He's all over the boards uh, as far as teams are concerned. Some teams had him as a mid first round pick coming into the year. Other teams had him as a late round choice. You watch him play tough against the run, can blitz when called upon, guy who makes plays sideline to sideline, gets depth on his pass drops. I mean, really a complete three down linebacker who can play in a four, three, or even a three, four. Uh, I don't see how Ohio state uh, stays with Utah in this game. I mean, there are, there are programs that are going in different directions at this point in time. Ohio state got beat bad by Michigan. They were never really in that game. Utah literally since October has been on a roll. They beat Oregon, what, twice? They didn't just beat Oregon. They pounded Oregon, knocked them out of uh, the top four, and then they beat them badly in the Pac-12 title game. And really, they don't, except for Devin Lloyd, they don't have a lot of high draft picks at the next level. The uh, the tight ends we talked about, uh, the center, Nick Ford, who you mentioned. I mean, these are all guys that are, at best, late day three selections. Now, the final game Saturday night, Baylor against Mississippi. In the Sugar Bowl, quarterback Matt Corral will play for the Rebels, arguably the top quarterback in April's draft, facing the talented Bears defense. I mean, we've talked about guys like linebacker Terrell Bernard, defensive back Jalen Petrie, safety Jalen Woods, fellow safety Christian Morgan can play too. So really a good secondary here to try to slow down Corral and his top target, Dontario Drummond. On the other side of the ball, Mississippi edge rusher Sam Williams really broke out in 2021, 56 tackles, 15 for loss, 12 and a half sacks, and four forced fumbles. This matchup with left tackle Connor Galvin at times should be interesting. And maybe he'll even see some of athletic and versatile left guard Xavier Newman Johnson if he stunts inside or, or lines up. Um, you know, that'll be an interesting one to watch as well if it happens. Also, keep an eye on wide receiver Tyquan Thornton, who we've talked about a lot on this show, and fellow wideout RJ Sneed. But really, this game's about Corral against that Baylor secondary. And can Baylor do anything to slow down Corral? Because uh, these games tend to get out of hand. You know, you mentioned Xavier Newman-Johnson, who can play guard, can play center. They also got a good running back by the name of Tristan Ebner, who I don't know if he's going to be drafted, but has a place at the next level as a situational back. They got some real good receivers in R.J. Sneed and Tyquan Thornton, guys with differing styles. Thornton's got some deep speed. Sneed is a, is a terrific uh, pass catcher. You know, as you mentioned, that defensive back seven, especially for Baylor, uh, is very talented. you got a, a bunch of uh, draftable guys in there. It's good to see that uh, Mississippi doesn't have any, uh, any guys holding out or, or sitting out to prepare for the NFL draft, Matt Corral being uh, number one, uh, being the primary one. Uh, I think the game will be, uh, will be dictated early. If Mississippi gets an early lead, it could be curtains for Baylor, but I expect Baylor to hang tough with them. It's also good to see, uh, you know, a couple of big 12 teams playing a lot of defense here. I mean, you know, as you said, normally a high flying conference, lots of points scored, especially Oklahoma state, but Hey, Oklahoma state has a pretty good defense and Baylor usually has a good defense. So I don't want to pretend that Baylor's defense isn't generally good, but I mean, yeah, we've got two big 12 teams on this show with a lot of talent on defense. And, and really when you mentioned Corral and, and nobody kind of opting out of this game, if Corral opts out, I think you probably do see players opt out. I mean, a lot of these teams are going to go as their quarterback goes, as their leader goes. And um, you know, at least it's something you want to see, you know, as an NFL evaluator, you want to see a guy, you know, say, Hey, I'm going to play in this bowl game with my teammates. 
Um, you, you want to see it at the quarterback position. You don't care as much at the other positions as much, but obviously leadership is so valuable at quarterback that it's good to see Corral say, you know what, I'm going to play in this bowl game. I'm going to come out. I'm going to fight with my brothers and I'm going to try to win this game. I think it helps. You know, I, I think what it tells me is that Corral's not beat up from the season because a lot of times when these guys, you know, uh, bail on the bowl games to get ready for the draft, it's as much that they got to heal from injuries because, you know, if, if you've got had a chronic hamstring injury or you had a high ankle sprain or something like that, you, you start preparing for the combine. You're not working out from day one. You're, you're rehabbing those injuries till you can get up to speed to, to you can start practicing for the 40, practicing for the three cone, practicing for the shuttles and those types of things. Now, the lone non-college football playoff game after January 1st, the Texas Bowl between LSU and Kansas State. And nobody knows right now who's going to play quarterback for LSU. Max Johnson's in the transfer portal. Miles Brennan is still hurt. Garrett Nussmeyer is going to lose his red shirt if he plays another game, unless they grant a waiver, which I know LSU is waiting on the status of right now. Uh, but if he's not granted that waiver, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what the Tigers do about the quarterback spot. And it's really against the K-State defense that has been missing top pass rusher Khalid Duke all season after he had a season-ending leg injury in September. The safety rush yeast, guy who enjoyed his best season, 44 tackles, three interceptions, 10 pass breakups after a graduate transfer from Louisville. Sized a bit more like a corner, though, than a safety. Big nose tackle Timmy Horn has an interesting matchup against the LSU interior offensive line. Right guard Chasen Hines is hurt. The left guard Ed Ingram, better like-for-like -like matchup with Horn anyway, as more of a small area mauler type of guy. Horn should also do battle with center Liam Shanahan. LSU's top defensive players aren't going to play due to injury. Cornerback Derek Stingley Jr. and edge Ali Gay. Linebacker Damone Clark is another. He opted out and declared for the draft, as did defensive lineman Neil Farrell. So arguably the top three defenders for LSU not playing in this game. But I know there's one guy that is playing that Tony is a big fan of. Yeah, that would be Micah Baskerville, who I think is underrated. He's starting to get some uh, draftable uh, notice outside the scouting circles. I mean, he's a guy who goes sideline to sideline, uh, makes a lot of positive plays. I'm surprised that Damon Clark is another guy who I, I've liked for a couple of years now is getting ready for the draft. I thought he would have been better off playing unless he's injured. One guy to keep an eye on for Kansas State, Josh Rivas a big tackle-sized offensive lineman who plays guard. We talked about him early in the season. Yeah, there will be no Neil Farrell there, but Glenn Logan will be on the inside of that to LSU defense. Logan is a guy who grades as a priority free agent. That's going to be a big battle to watch. And that's it for the 219th episode of The Draft Analyst, presented by Bet Online and the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, Please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us any questions and give any feedback you may have as well. We'll be back with one last look at bowl season to break down the college football playoff national championship. But until then, for Tony Pauline, this is Christian Cody. Good night. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. 
Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.